Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, away we go here on a Monday, December the 16th. It is 2019. We got nine days before the uh, the big man tries coming down the chimney there. And, of course, uh, just beyond that, the end of the year, the end of a decade, 2019 coming to a close, 2020 just around the corner. But we do have a couple of weeks left in the NFL season to try to figure it all out. And we got a little bit closer to doing that yesterday in week 15 of the NFL slate, a week in which some games, what was up, what was down, what was left, what was right. But uh, other games kind of proved what uh, many of us thought all along, that all is were uh, all is right, rather, with the NFL gods making sure that teams like the Cleveland Browns will not be heard of ever again, or at least for the rest of this year. But a lot of eyes were on TVs last night, especially in Western New York, because they've seen something. It was like a Haley's Comet. They had an opportunity to see something last night they have not seen since 2000. Like, you got to be kidding me. It just never happens. You mean to tell me the Buffalo Bills were going to be on – Prime time, the NFL put, they flexed the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you damn straight they did. Taking on, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a battle for number five and number six in the AFC. And if you like offense, probably not the game that you wanted to turn into. However, if you enjoy good old school single digit temperatures, you can see your breath. Smack, smack down football. You got that last night. Two great defenses doing battle. Ultimately, when it was all said and done, the Buffalo Bills made a couple more plays offensively than Pittsburgh did. The good news for Pittsburgh, even though you lost the game, while Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, and they too lost. So now everything that you need in order to make the playoffs is still in front of you. But the story should be a 10-win Buffalo Bills team who now, and I can't believe it, Dan, I'm still scratching my head about it, but the reality is, Buffalo Bills are going to take on the New England Patriots this week with the opportunity to actually win the damn AFC East division. It's not a fluke anymore, guys. Ten wins is not a fluke. Ten wins means this team can win some games, and that defense proved it last night. Judging that New England offense, uh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills have a real shot of upending this New England Patriots team. I can't even believe I'm saying that going into week 16, but yet here we are, my man. The Buffalo Bills are for real. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. I look back at week four, Joe. In Buffalo, there were dildos on the field, and the Pats won 16-10. to Let me remind you, they also, I believe, Joe, blocked a punt or had Mm -hmm. a fake punt, had a special team score. And and here's the thing, Joe, for me, since week four, 
honestly, I think the Pats have gotten worse and the Bills have gotten better. So, yes, this game will be in New England. But who is scoring 20 points against this Bills defense these days? And who are the Patriots running up the score against these days? I guess the answer is the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Bills are not the Bengals. I'm going to be very interested to see what this look-ahead line is. And I'm going to tell you, I'm probably going to take the points with the Buffalo Bills. That's the way it's going. And honestly, Joe, if they win that game and they are alive to do so, they would be in a flat footed tie entering week 17 for, Mm -hmm. yes, the AFC East divisional crown. And we've talked about the New England Patriots and kind of how, you know, they are not vintage. And I've said it left and right. I think you agree with me. If the Patriots have to play three games, you Mm. know, in the wild card round and go on the road I don't know that they're getting back to the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the Patriots more, but this is about the Bills. They are now a legitimate team. If you saw them for the first time on Thanksgiving and were like, oh, who's this squad? And you saw them again last night. This is who they are. And they're going to bring that style of play to whoever they see in the playoffs. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Now, it's, it's not a far gone conclusion, guys. They need New England to actually lose two weeks. They've got to beat them and then they got to <laughs> Uh, sorry, the Jets have to beat them there in week 17 in order for that to uh, to happen. There's no However, tiebreaker possibility? No. That, see, the, the problem is Pats the Chiefs the are really the team. Yeah, the Chiefs are really the team that can overtake them for the number two seed and actually yeah, yeah, get yeah. that home field. So the Chiefs are the ones who own the tiebreaker. The Chiefs are one New England's, I'm sure, is more scared of at this particular point. But listen, if Buffalo wins, anything can happen in week 17. Uh, and I think Buffalo is rolling into that game next week. They're going to be rolling in with all the confidence in the world, and they should. They absolutely should because Andy Dalton uh, is not going to be uh, putting on a Patriots jersey and playing for them like he did in the second half yesterday. Uh, He's not going to continue to throw the ball towards uh, Stephon Gilmore for some reason. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. So these two defenses, I think it's safe to say this is going to be a fun matchup. But Buffalo had to win on the road in a hostile environment in Pittsburgh, and they did it. And I think they did it rather convincingly. And Pittsburgh, the same things that plagued you going into that game, they still plague you here, guys. And while you, in all likelihood, still have the inside track, they got to take on the Jets this week. And then Baltimore in Week 17, who has zero to play for and in all likelihood won't be risking an awful lot. The path is easier for the Steelers still to come in as the number six seed, but that defense, I think it showed you last night, Dan, that defense is only going to take you so far. Yeah, they are, in essence, lucky that the schedule does not smile upon the Tennessee Mm. Titans. You know, the Titans have the Saints and then a matchup against Houston, two teams who still will have things to play for, right? Whereas, as you mentioned, Pittsburgh gets kind of lucky having the Jets on Saturday. Uh, I'm mean, excuse me, next Sunday where good seats will still be available. There'll probably be more uh, <laughs> black and yellow than there will be yeah. green and white in that uh, stadium on Sunday. <laughs> me and Mike Blewett are talking about going. And I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't know that I really care about it. He's like, nah, we should go. We should go. And I'm like, nah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll watch it on TV. But absolutely. Um, and quite frankly, I'm intrigued also by, like you said, Kansas City. And New mm-hmm. England to see who's going to get that by because New England will need it. Yeah, no, it's uh, the truth is, guys, um, there are two teams in the AFC East heading to the playoffs here, guys. Yep. Bar none now. It's happening. 
two teams from the AFC East. And I know a lot of people laughed at Buffalo winning double-digit games. Here they are. 11-12 wins could be the season for the Bills. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Much more to get to, including Eli's swan song. We'll talk about it coming up here. Let's make it rain on the grid. SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Monday is week 15. Going to get ready to uh, come to a close tonight. Monday night football. Saints, Colts in the Mercedes uh, in the Mercedes Dome there. Going to be a uh, big game for New Orleans, who quietly sits there. No worse than number three when it comes to postseason football. Uh, however, they could very easily move all the way up to number one, number two, possibly, depending on what everybody else does. And the NFC, if you haven't noticed, got a whole bunch of 11 and 12 win teams that are going to be making the playoffs. I do think that the NFC playoffs this year is going to be uh, absolutely epic. Probably some of the best games that we are going to see all year are going to come in the NFC with the playoffs. Uh, One of those teams that will not be there, of course, is Eli Manning. Uh, and the Giants, but I gotta tell you, it was uh, it was nice to see the way they. It just felt like a perfect closing and an end to an era uh, of the Eli Manning. What went on? They could not have asked for a better opponent, a better day, a better situation. Eli gets the game ball afterwards. The kid, the wife, meets him out on the field. Uh, I can't believe the Mara family didn't screw this up, uh, but they they didn't. It, it could not have worked out better for everybody involved. Now, whether or not Daniel Jones is ready to play again, they're on the road now for the rest of the year. But to be able to have that game against the Dolphins and win it for Eli and, and the fans having an opportunity to see him one last time, I, I mean, it was the you know, sometimes it all works out in the end when even when it's not working out. But it worked out for Eli, and I'm happy for him. And I'm happy for the fans who stood behind him for 15 years. Are you happy, though, for the fans who now will have uh, less of a chance to draft Chase Young? Because with that <laughs> win, heads up, that gives them the third win of the season. Miami yep. stays at three wins, but mm-hmm. they have now the heads up win against Miami, making them better, meaning that uh, Miami once again hops over them for draft position. And Joe, you know, we talk about, yeah, it's nice to have that story. Absolutely. Eli and the family was there and all that. He did throw three interceptions, though. Joe, I don't know if that makes it a quintessential Eli game as well. He threw well. three touchdowns. Who cares at that point? It don't make it difference yes he got his moment and that is cool he got to wave to the fans but uh they do risk they do risk not getting chase young 
And so we'll see how that matters. We'll see how it matters. Uh, they got enough problems Mar- on that team that, you know, whether you're second, third, fourth, you, you need a lot of help on that team. And it was it's never more evident than uh, just go out and get an offensive. Whatever the best offensive lineman is in the draft, do me a favor. Go out and get him. All right. I, I mean, just no, go out and, and the get Jets. Save that for the Jets draft pick, please. <laughs> well, there got to be more than one, right? So, like, I if yeah. there's ever – go old school and just build the damn offensive line. Yeah. Don't get cute. Don't get smart. Just – we saw once again yesterday, Saquon, you know, can yeah. take – please don't waste this guy's career. Like, please don't waste his career. Do yourself a favor. Go out, get yourself the best stud offensive lineman there is in this draft. But the Dolphins – very interesting yesterday, as you see, the Bengals lost, ironically. So apparently people are sending Joe Burrow Bengals helmets. So that'll be interesting. So uh, the draft is shaping up pretty interesting there at the top. But again, so many quarterback needs in this league right now. Andy Dalton is not the answer. But I'm wondering, after yesterday's game, what did the Tennessee Titans do now with Ryan Tannehill? Did he cost himself a boatload of money and a second contract or an extended second contract? Or did he solidify himself as, guess what, you are now the franchise tag, Kurt Cousins quarterback, where we just start paying you one year at a time because, quite honestly, we can't trust you when it matters. Now, he played great in the second half, but again, you can't go down 14. You're not a team built to come from behind. So going down 14 nothing in that game, not showing up in the first half, uh, that's Ryan Tannehill, guys. I mean, he, he played great in the second half, but that would have been much better served in the first half. Uh, but it wasn't, and Deshaun Watson bounces back like he has his uh, entire career. He wins games that they need to win, and he did it. But I'm wondering how many dollar signs did Ryan Tannehill cost himself yesterday in that game? He cost himself a few, and it was interesting because Houston also turned the ball over in their in the mm-hmm. red zone a few times. You know, um, Watson got picked Twice. off in the end zone on the first drive, mm-hmm. right, and then again going in in the second half. As it relates to Tannehill, I, I think the franchise, but franchise money for the quarterback position is a lot, Joe. You know what I mean? So it's not like this is just a, a defensive end or a tight end getting that. This would be, remember, it's the average of the top five contracts at the position. So I don't know that you want to give Ryan Tannehill that even for one year. What I think may happen is he could get like a two-year deal, but at a low rate. You know, he kind of gets what the Jacoby Brissett contract was, you know, or a car kind of money. He may get money that solidifies him as the starter, but I wouldn't give him a couple of years. I would only give him two, and this way it preserves the idea that maybe you could draft someone still or still be in the market. I think he is the quarterback of the Titans next year, but I don't know that I'd franchise him because I think that may be too much of too much money for him. I think you you're, give him a two a You're going to franchise him because deal. he'll walk away and somebody else will. Somebody else will pay him, and you're too good. You're an eight-win, nine-win football team who's not going to be able to build in the draft. You're not going to be able to go get your quarterback of the future. You're going to so lose Mariota. So what do you Mariota. think is the money that gets done with Tannehill? Like, you know, if, if, if I'm Tennessee. Was Kurt Cousin worth $19 million to the Reds? No. But if it's your, right. you're caught in the same situation, you either pay him or somebody else is going to pay him, and you're not in a position right now just to say bye-bye. So for $20 million, he's worth it for a year. He's at least proven that. 
That's what I'm saying. But the franchise, the franchise tag for the quarterback position is way above what Tannehill's market value would be. I don't Even think if so. This- I don't think so. I don't. I think it's going to be exactly what he would get. Some some team in the NFL is going to look at Ryan Tannehill. If Tennessee doesn't want him, they will sign him to a long term deal and give him his money. Joe, the franchise tag for the quarterback is like thirty million a year. What's the other choice then? What's the other choice for Tennessee? Like I just said, sign him to a two year deal at what is actually. Yeah, but he's got to agree to that, though. He's yeah. got to agree to that. Yes. Yes, I okay. understand that, Joe. But right. like, obviously, he would take the franchise tag. But then in the open market, okay, mm-hmm. I don't. You're competing just like every other team, and unless there's a team that will give him high level starter money, which I don't think will, will happen, which is the there, franchise tag. <laughs> no, yeah, but Joe. that's my point. There will no. be there will be a team in the NFL that looks at Ryan Tannehill and says, absolutely. We'll go ahead and, and give him a, a three to five year deal. Jared Goff, Jimmy G deal. Absolutely. Well, n- maybe not to that extent, but they're going to give him way more about. than Tennessee's going to offer him. Way but more that's than what, what I'm Tennessee. About Joe, that is the franchise tag, though. Jimmy G's number, Jared Goff's number, is the franchise tag. It's the average of but the it's top one five year. But it's one year. You're not committed. Right. It's the commitment, not the number. The thirty yes. million. You're going to have to spend because you have no choice. The question is, do you want to extend it and have to pay him that two to three, four years? I don't think so. I think you're just going to suck him up for one more year. A two-year deal at like 23, 24 million. That's what I say is their answer. He is never going to accept that because there's going to be some schlep out there who's going to use him and you know what? Give me Ryan Tannehill. I'll take him. I have no problem because these quarterbacks don't grow on trees, and you ain't getting them in the draft. So what are you supposed to do, Tennessee? You're not – Mariota's gone. So if you sure. lose Tannehill, who the hell's the quarterback in the Tennessee Titans? He's got them leveraged right now. So it's either you give him the so, $30 million. There's a lot more options. I've, we've been talking about it all year. We've been talking about it all year. There's the Mariotas, the Andy Daltons of the world. We've been t- all so you'd year, rather have mentioned- Andy Dalton than, than Tannehill? If it's That's a- my point. No, and my point is that there's enough options out there that they won't be forced into giving him this kind of money. I don't think. I think he's got them by the short ones because Tennessee has no options. That's the problem. You want to swap Tannehill for Dalton? Is it to save a couple of bucks? Not an option. Andy be Dalton's not an option. Teddy no, Bridgewater? Not, not for Tennessee, he's not. not. Why isn't Teddy Bridgewater an option? Teddy Bridgewater is not going anywhere. Teddy Bridgewater is not leaving New Orleans. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, want to invite you to find us on YouTube. 
Pretty simple to do. Uh, Sports Grid Network, all you got to do is subscribe to us there. Hit that little bell in the upper hand corner and uh, get notified every time we go live. You get all the fantasy and sports wagering advice you need all the time. Also on Instagram, at Sports Grid TV. And with the Week 15 Monday night game, uh, getting ready to close out here tonight between New Orleans and the Colts. Might be time for you to put your money where your mouth is and go ahead, take a shot. Open up a sports wagering account. Do it with FanDuel. It's Jersey's largest sports book. All you have to do is head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You'll receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. That's a free bet up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You got point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, whether it be college or pro sports. Well, you're definitely in control. You just got to head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, open that new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. And uh, week 15 certainly did not disappoint last night, especially in the NFC where uh, things continue to get very interesting with 11-win teams, possible 12-win teams across the board. And the poor 49ers yesterday just had – I mean, just had letdown written all over it, coming off of that ridiculous uh, last-second win there against New Orleans, bringing in an Atlanta team with nothing to lose, and they played exactly like it, and they just ran out of gas. And thank goodness for replay, because replay allowed uh, the Falcons there to uh, lose a touchdown and gain a touchdown, actually, to win it in the final seconds there where... Uh, they ruled a touchdown with uh, with Hooper on a play that they thought everyone thought he had scored. Only reviews like, no, no, I don't think so. Ball hit the ground. So now, all right, five seconds left on the clock, fourth down. What do we do? Well, you go to nine-foot-tall Julio Jones, who uh, they ruled did not cross the plane. And then New York's like, yeah, no, no, he, he crossed the plane there. And you're looking at 12 points here, guys. 12 points in the final seconds, a uh, final minute of that game, which unfortunately, 12 points in the final two. One would counted, one didn't. But ultimately, it was the 49ers on the losing end, 29 to 22. They were a 10 point favorite in this game. And unfortunately, now they went from number one <laughs> to number five as an 11 win team. And they've got a lot of work to do if they want to regain. Namely, they've got to start by beating Seattle uh, in their huge game that's coming up. The schedule, we said it all along for the 49ers, was brutal down the stretch. So they continue to win games. And yet Green Bay continues to win games uh, ugly while San Francisco continues to lose games rather in the last seconds of games. They lost to Seattle in overtime in the last seconds. They lost to Baltimore in the last seconds. Now they've lost to Atlanta in all three of their losses. Quite honestly, this team could very well be undefeated right now, but they continue. They finally got one that went their way in New Orleans last week, but all three of their losses came in the final walk-off seconds of a game. Uh, They're a little beat up, but I still think, They're going to be just fine. I just don't think it's going to be as a division winner. I think it's going to come as the number five seed. 
Well, it, it still can. <laughs> you know, they got a matchup against Seattle still, you know. So um, I don't know how the tiebreakers would go after that if they win, because if they beat Seattle, they'd be uh, split the season series. Remember, Seattle mm-hmm. won that incredible overtime game on Monday Night Football. So I think there's still some tiebreakers left uh, if they were to beat San Francisco. I got to tell you, Joe. Oh, boy, was this game big time in the Martinez household because uh, a certain guy over here needed Julio Jones to score some points in a, fi- in a fantasy semifinal. So well, thank did. you, Julio. <laughs> thank you, Julio. We'll take that. And I got to tell you something, Joe. Um, I believe that San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. Okay? And so with that belief, I actually hope – I actually hope that they're the number five seed because then I'm going to get more value on them. You know what I mean? In their matchups, I think if the if the uh, if society and if public perception is that, you know, New Orleans is better. Seattle is better. The NFC North champion is better than these 49ers. I'll take it because that'll give me extra points when they go ahead and face each other in the playoffs. I do believe San Francisco. Listen, we were saying this, that they may be kind of weary from their last time matchups. We knew that guys like, um, you know, we knew Atlanta would try to Stick it to Shanahan. We thought we were saying it on Sunday morning, which we missed you, by the way, yesterday morning, Joe. But we were saying a lot of uh, Blue and I were both saying we'll take the points with Atlanta. We thought uh, San Francisco would win this game, but not cover. We thought it would be a close one. But this does not every time San Francisco loses. I'm not upset with what I see out of San Francisco, <laughs> you know, and so I'm almost fine if they have to go the other route because I'm going to bet them in the playoffs and I'm going to get some value. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got a win out. Obviously, they've got the Rams coming up who threw up all over themselves. I, I could not have been and, and I took the Cowboys, but I could not have been more surprised by the lack of effort and energy on a Rams team that knew they were fighting for the I mean, this is a. So this is basically the, the team that was in the Super Bowl here, guys. And they knew this isn't a, a rookie team. They understood what was at stake. And they went in there and looked like they wanted to be any place else other than Dallas yesterday. I could not believe the energy that we got from Dallas. Right. I was fully expecting to get that from the Rams. I'm kind of shocked how lethargic and how eh, they they just they had no juice at all. And I'm shocked that game wasn't actually even more of a blowout than it already was. But they just looked so disinterested. So now they've got to take on a 49ers team this week that and we already know they know everybody knows the Rams are done. So your playoff hopes, uh, whatever slim chances are left, are probably gone. So now the 49ers are going to get ready to uh, to try and bounce back here. They know in order to get a bye and possibly the number one seed, they got to beat the Rams. And then they're going to have the division title. Everything's going to come down to week 17 against Seattle. And, you know, that's going to be a big game. But it starts with beating the Rams, who I I don't have any answers for it, man. We thought they were putting it together at the right time. And then they show up in Dallas and just they look so disinterested. I don't know if something's going on there, but they look they didn't look anything like the team that was in the Super Bowl or that we saw over the last three weeks. Right. And literally what we have been talking about over the last three weeks, Joe, was what I've called like noticeable changes in their approach. Right. Mm -hmm. Giving the ball to Gurley more, more of the kind of uh, power running game. We've talked about their blocking schemes. Right. And what do you know? 
Todd Gurley, 11 carries, 20 yards. Now, I understand yep. some of that, Joe, is because they were down big, you know, and the game flow, they had to throw it. But again, Jared Goff becomes a volume thrower yet again, 51 attempts. You know, mm-hmm. and I've, I've said it, the line for Gurley, honestly, Joe, if you look back, every Rams game where Gurley has 15 or more carries, they've won all but one this season. Every game where Gurley has less than 15 carries, they've lost all but one this season. The one was like to Cincinnati when Cooper Cup went for like 200 yards, okay? But that is the key, and they go away from it, whether it's because they get game scripted out of it or because they want to get too cute. That becomes the issue for the Rams. Now, I will say this, Joe. The Rams are two games out with two left to play. I'm worried about the Dalvin Cook injury for Minnesota. Right. So there is a window. I still think there's a window where Minnesota loses out. And don't get me wrong, for the Rams to go ahead and beat San Francisco would be a surprise to me. But they're not completely eliminated just yet. Right. Like the Bears are. The Rams still are hanging on by a thread, at least to the point where they'll play their starters. I I don't see any. I, I mean, yes, mathematically, hell, everyone. Well, that's said, all I'm talking about is mathematically. You know, the Rams I don't think they mathematically, run it. yes, but that was that your your season ended yesterday with that kind no, of effort there, and you are not beating the 49ers. The 49ers are not losing two games in a row. You're not beating the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers know what's. A, I will take the 49ers any day over the Rams. This is a team that's got serious issues. And for that kind of effort yesterday, knowing mm-hmm. what's on the line, I think there's other things going on. I, there was a point in that game in the second half where it was quite obvious that Jared Goff was simply trying to pad his stats. Instead of taking the the plays that were open, this guy is chucking yeah, it down to double-covered guys. Yeah, instead mm-hmm. of taking the play to keep the chains moving – it was quite obvious this guy was just trying to get over 300 yards and trying to pad his stats. And, you know, that starts, I'm sorry, man, it starts with Sean McVay. Like, what the hell is going on there where this team comes out looking like, uh, I mean, Dallas, I where has that Dallas team been? That Dallas team came out with, with fire, like hair on fire. I've never seen an amazing they figured out that Zeke Elliott, the guy you're paying all that money hey, to. give him the ball. Yeah, How about that? Give him the damn ball. It's something Freddie Kitchen still hasn't figured out there right. with Nick Chubb. But or Adam Cowboys, <laughs> man, he was running like uh, I've never mm-hmm. seen him run that hard this year. It was like vintage Zeke Elliott. Yep. And that's the reason they won that game. And Sean Lee turned back the clock yesterday. He was all over the face. But. When you're trying to pad stats in the end of the third and fourth quarter because you're getting blown out, that tells you what you need to know about the Rams right now. No, I hear you. And don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to win out or make the playoffs. I literally was talking about the mathematical of it, you know, the idea of that people will still be playing, like if you have your fantasy matchup. And Pollard ran well, too, for the Cowboys yesterday, okay? Pollard also over 100 with the big touchdown run at the very end of the game. Can I ask you something? Because I know we only got 30 seconds left in this segment. Joe, what the hell was that with the coin flip in this game? Like, Dak Prescott doesn't know what to say? And then they they were like, no, 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 okay. We know he made a mistake. We'll give Dallas the ball anyway. It's all good. Kick like uh, you, yeah. We want to defer and we want to kick. Like, and why is the ref asking kick? None of it it made it. Thank goodness the NFL actually called and said, yeah, no, no, guys. Like, no, no. We we've got clear evidence. We got clear evidence of what's going on. Weird. They should have given the Rams the ball again. (laughs) Just to stick it to them. 
be like, this is you- DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. So week 15 yesterday, kind of a mixed bag for both the uh, the pros and the Joes yesterday. Favorite 7-6-1 against the number. One push, of course, was that uh, Seahawks laying six against the Panthers. They did win that game 30-24, to though it never really felt like it was in danger. Oh, good uh, thing I got that five and a half. <laughs> there was a huge, and I mean huge, crushing blow yesterday uh, for the uh, for the books, though, in one particular game that involved the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and it is maybe the bad. It could be. I'm thinking because uh, somebody had listed them uh, yesterday. It could very well be the worst, uh, you know, hashtag torn ticket of the year. I, yeah. I don't know that we've seen one bigger than this, but. Uh, the whole back and forth in that game was exciting. As bad as it was, it was actually very entertaining to watch that game, that Eagles and Washington game, guys. And, you know, it was it was anywhere between four and a half and seven points separating the two all game long, right? You're covering the game. You know, you were getting, I believe it closed somewhere around nine and a half, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere along yeah, those lines. It was 10, it was nine and a half, but I think nine and a half along most of the uh, most of the books there. And then, of course, the Eagles scored with 26 seconds left. And by the way, give credit where credit is due. Carson Wentz, team down, final drive went eight for eight, guys. Went eight for eight uh, with, you know, playoffs and hinge here, guys. Yeah. This is what kind of stuff we're talking about. And he finds, uh, you know, Ward in the end zone with 26 seconds left to take the lead. Well, and then, two weeks in a row doing this. Yeah, two weeks in a exactly. Row. And then Haskin gets the ball back uh, with, you know, 20 seconds left for some reason, tries to make the, a ridiculous play, fumbles it. And then, you know, Nigel Bradham ends up taking it and running it 47 yards for a touchdown with no time left on the clock, yep. giving Philadelphia the 37-27 win. Absolutely devastating those that actually backed the skins, uh, which I will tell you now wasn't the public. Uh, it was the right. pros which means the sports books got absolutely crushed. Over 90% of the money and the bets guys were laying it with, uh, with, with Philadelphia and, uh, or rather taking the points with the, uh, were laying it actually with Philadelphia who covered as nine and a half point favorites to win it like that. Uh, we've talked about them all year long, but that was just absolutely epic. And you kind of knew too. The minute the ball hit the ground, you're like, oh, yeah. this is what's good. This is here we go, guys. This, uh, if yep. you were holding a Redskins ticket at that point, your heart was just coming out of your chest and you wanted to throw up because it was, of course it was, Dane, a, a fumble oh, yeah. the last second of the game that crushes the sports books. 
and the oh, pros. Yeah. I love it. Couldn't get any better than that. Joe, I mean, you know, this is also, <laughs> as you know, this is semifinal week in fantasy. Right. Okay. So a lot of people also like, you know, a lot of people may have been streaming the Eagles defense against the Washington team and then get an extra, you know, fumble return and return touchdown. Um, but I would say this, Joe. I thought it happened a few places in Atlanta. It ha- I mean, well, in San Francisco for Atlanta, the same thing happened right at the very end of the game. There was a meaningless Atlanta touchdown on the kind of like lateral want to play. Also, Joe, did you see the ending of that Packers Bears game? There was a time there was a minute there or a second there when I was like, oh, snap, it's going to work. The Bears are going to get in the end zone here. They executed it pretty well to the point where they had like one of their tight ends. You know, at around the 15, the 10 yard line going in and he had both Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen there for the like final lateral. I thought that was going to go in or, uh, you know, so between the Philadelphia defense at the very end, the Atlanta defense at the very end and the kind of Hail Mary uh, band is on the field play that Chicago almost executed we had a couple of turnovers at the very end now i don't know obviously it mattered with the spread i don't know what say the total was joe for san fran atlanta did that last atlanta touchdown put it over the total no no it was it was covered one way or the other they were 425 on the money line they were winning it regardless they were also getting anywhere between 10 and 11 points i know i mean on the total though the total made it go to 51 yeah the total already already went over? over Yeah, the total had already been over at that particular point. But I got, you know, you're right to the point of think about if you didn't think about if you think about if you had a 49ers ticket, you've got to be dying with that last. First of all, you already thought you lost because of the Hooper touchdown. Like, oh, I'm still alive. And then you lose again. Just rips your heart out. I mean, two touchdowns. And the best part was you were talking about a wave of emotions. You were celebrating that they called. He didn't cross it in the field right. of play. You're like, oh, game over. I can't believe it. We got it. Um, terrible game for them. Absolutely terrible game for those that were backing the 49ers because you really did. Uh, you had a feeling that it's one thing not to cover. You kind of knew you weren't covering. But covering right. and losing outright to a plus 425 dog is just, it's rough. But listen, the same thing happened with the Giants. That There weren't a lot of people backing the Giants at all yesterday. Uh, the public and everybody was backing uh, Fitzmagic and the Dolphins there. And congratulations, uh, the trendy dog Miami ends up throwing up all over themselves. And if you were backing them, only, I believe, only 20% of the tickets were on the Giants yesterday. Really? So, yeah, so there wasn't the, a lot uh, of people. That some of the public three and a half. on that Eli narrative. Absolutely. Uh, you would think. But everyone's like, think, oh, yeah. no, they're, they're terrible. They're absolutely t- well. So is Miami. But your boy, and uh, this was big news down here. Hi, boy. He got his extension. He got his $40 yeah, million, yeah, and he did. went out, and he called. Now, we've seen it. Yeah, we have seen it where guys get that check, get that money, and then where, where are they on the scores? You're like, I can't see yeah. him on the stat line. He went out and flat-out balled yesterday. He's yeah. the, actually the only guy that did for Miami. But Devontae Parker is going to be a big part of that future in Miami, and uh, I'm glad for him because he's actually a really nice kid. Hey, what I'll also tell you is, by the way, Joe, uh, the prop bet for Ryan Fitzpatrick was 247 passing yards. Criminally low (laughs) without Janoris Jenkins there. I was like, click, we'll hit submit on that. And we got through there. And here's the thing. And I'm going to bring it back, unfortunately, to our guy, Adam Gaze, Joe. But, you know, Kenyon Drake leaves that team 
Mm -hmm. performing awesomely. Ryan Tannehill leaves that team to the point where you think he's going to get franchise quarterback money. Devontae Parker stays with that team, but has the element of Adam Gaze gone, and he's performing well enough to get an extension and be one of the top 20 wide receivers in the NFL, right? Adam Gaze then moves, and what happens to Lev Bell? What happens to Sam Darnold? So at at some point, can we realize that if Peyton Manning is the only person in your corner, maybe uh, the issue is Adam Gaze. Because yes. Parker looks great. Tannehill looks fine. Kenyon Drake looks like a, a viable starter in the NFL. So, yep. uh, you know, Kenny Stills looks fine with Houston. Two touchdowns yesterday. You know, so yep. what's the common denominator here, Joe? Oh, it's yeah, you ain't gotta you ain't gotta sell me on that. Believe me, I lived it. I know uh I know all too well how he takes great talent and uh, and crushes it and crushes their will and everything else along those lines. So uh yeah, yeah, last, a whole like Dante Parker's agent didn't want him playing, right? There was some beef. He's it was clearly so part ugly. of the in so Miami. Ugly. And don't forget, guys, this this guy was at Louisville with Lamar. He was one of his yeah. favorite he was one of his favorite guys. I mean, he was an absolute stud that Gase destroyed. Um, voila, what a shock there. Uh, but congratulations. Those that did, and there weren't many, there were three games yesterday that received less than a third of the bets, uh, and it was a big money day for those contrarian bettors that backed the Cowboys. Uh, everybody was on the Rams, the Cardinals. Everybody was on the Browns. This game was being billed as the revenge game, like for Texas Tech or something for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Riley. Yeah. (laughs) And how about Minshew Mania and the damn Jacksonville Jaguars doing it again? Uh, The Raiders' final game in Oakland, and they missed not one, two field goals late uh, after being gifted a second shot at a missed 50. They got five yards closer, still shanked it. But Minshew gets the ball close to midfield and then promptly marches him down in the final minute and a half there. And uh, Jacksonville upends nobody. And I mean, it was those two late touchdowns. 20 to 16 was the final. There weren't an awful lot of people back in uh, back in Jacksonville. The the theme of they've already checked out. uh, Well, yeah, they didn't check out. They they checked out of Oakland, but they didn't check out because uh, and that's what that kid does. That's what that's why they started. Um, it's amazing what guys will do. They'll play for a guy that even as bad as the season may be going, they still want to play for this kid. And uh, I think yeah. it's going to be very interesting the situation in Jacksonville moving forward with Nick Foles because clearly that team did not quit on Minshew yesterday. You're absolutely right, Joe. And count me among the people who were not backing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought the finale in the black hole was real, you know, and I had a teaser where Kansas City was down. I got them. Buffalo, they had them. Philly, I had them. I had the over in Minnesota and the Chargers. And then I teased the Raiders down to a half point. And they were the only ones preventing me from hitting that cash. Um, question for you. Is Gardner Minshew this generation's Ryan Fitzpatrick? (laughs) You know, like he's slinging it. He's got that kind of energy. People will play for him, right? He may be a guy who might be kind of like a career backup, but every time he gets in, gives that team spark. But will any team ever actually trust him to be their franchise? I'm still working on it, okay, Joe? But I'm going to have Gardner Minshew as this generation's Ryan Fitzpatrick. And yeah. 
He gives them a little something. He even gives them something in the legs. He gives them that spark. I got gotcha. you. The question is, what do they do at the quarterback position in this offseason? Because there's 80-some-odd million dollars tied up in Nick Foles. You just walk away from that? You try to move that in the offseason? What do you do if you're Jacksonville at the QB position? We talk about how Tannehill, you know, maybe he gets the contract or what kind of contract he gets. Is a guy like Foles and or Minshew in the marketplace as well? I would caution people to slow uh, slow down on uh, either anointing him or pulling him down. He's a six-round draft pick rookie yep. who was forced into playing uh, this year who nobody expected what we are getting from him. So right. the jury is still going to be out. All I will say is that um, you can't teach leadership. You can't teach a bunch of grown-ass men to right. follow people into battle without right. uh, without having something that you can't quantify now uh, whatever that is he's got it and that's um that's going to work in his favor moving forward no matter what whether he turns out to be the next Fitzpatrick or he turns out to be you know the next franchise quarterback uh he's got a trait there and that showed that's big time good. yesterday that that team did not roll over for him and they weren't winning that game at all uh, throughout it, but oh, it's amazing it? what happens. You give guys a little hope and a little energy, and they'll go to uh, they'll go to war with you. I do think Jacksonville's in a spot where you listen. You spent the money. You either mm-hmm. got to you either got to keep continuing going down the path, like all right, it was an off year for Foles, but we'll come back and bring him back, right? Or you cut bait because you got this kid now for the next three years. It's going to cost you, you know, a couple of pennies. It's going to cost you nothing. You've got a lot of holes to fill on that team there. So I'm not sure by keeping either cutting bait now and get, and doing, you know, listen, let's just write it off and be gone with it, or you're going to drag it out. I I don't know what they're going to do. That's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. But what I saw from that kid is that that team has not checked out. That, that team's willing to play for him. That's can't quantify that, man. You just yeah, can't. That's the f- and the funny part is, Nick Foles is their QB1. Nick Foles yeah. did the same exact thing in Philly, right? Guys wanted to play for Nick Foles. So, it's interesting. I mentioned Fitzpatrick. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, might be, uh, he might be the Nick Foles. <laughs> he's the Nick Foles, right? That's what I'm saying. He's the Nick, he's Nick Foles. Yep. Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He can make the throws, and he doesn't get rattled. He's got that BTE. <laughs> DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome in. It is the grid sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is uh, Dane Martinez as we get ready. Wrap up week 15 tonight uh, in the Mercedes Dome, New Orleans, as Drew Brees and company look to rebound uh, from a just a gut wrenching loss last week against the 49ers in their building, taking on a Colts team that's just going the wrong way. And 
I would like to say that uh, T.Y. Hilton is playing, but it is going to be a game-time decision. Who knows? And their secondary is kind of banged up, too, still. And now you got Michael Thomas. It's uh, The spread is nine. It's bounced back and forth between double digits and single digits there all week long. But it's a, it's a tough spot for Indy. And listen, New Orleans watched it all unpack yesterday for him, right? New Orleans watched it all unfold, so they know right now they're no worse than three. But the truth is, they they could very well have a bye in in the first week, and I'm sure they would like that. And I'm sure they'd like the home game, so I am sure that they would. And I believe they still have a path to the number one seed as well if they yeah. can win out. So Absolutely. they've got to take. Yeah, I mean, next week they've got uh, a tough game against Tennessee. Houston. Still going to be a but tough game. Right. They're not the same team on the road. That's on the road in Nashville. So they know what's at out. There's a lot to play for if you are the New Orleans Saints. So the idea that uh, they might be coasting on the way in here is not going to happen. They're going to uh, they're going to go after this Colts team, who, I, you know, mathematically still available. I mean, they're still in it. It's are ugly. They? They I don't are still think in they it. are. No, How? they're still in it. Yeah, they are. If they win to, yeah, it's it's a, it's the same way that the Rams are still mathematically in it. They have a slim hope here of being able to win tonight, next week. They got to win three games they in a went row. Out to nine and seven. Right, and then they need obviously you need help. They're going to need a lot of help to come along the <laughs> lines. But uh, listen, it's listen. The number six seed right now is. An eight-win team. And Tennessee at eight. Yeah, so it's not like that's going to strike the fear of God in anybody. Uh, right. Both those teams could throw up, but this right. is a big ask of this, uh, oh, this yeah. Colts team. Uh, I mean, I'll give you my take down the road. We got ten seconds, but yeah, I agree with you. But like Gabe says, Huge. for what and for who, right? Huge big ask. time difference in that. Huge, Huge ask. Unless Andrew Luck's walking through the door.